Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on the Culture Corner, and I'm so happy to have my buddy, Robbie Wayne, on the phone, uh, the artistic director, founding director, well, not not founding, excuse me, our current artistic director of Desert Rose Playhouse. They got a lot going on. How are you doing, Robbie? I am great. How are you doing, Bonnie? I'm doing good, really good. So I just saw this, we've got so much to talk about, but I just saw this thing popped up on my phone, An Evening Under the Stars with Robbie Wayne, a tribute to George Michael, Tuesday, March yes, 23rd. Tell us about yeah. that. Well, I'm really excited. Um, you know, we've been closed for a year, so we've been trying to struggle to figure out exactly what we're going to do, you know, and, and how we're going to get started. And without having any kind of, uh, you know, entertainment outlets, uh, we finally are able to get a show together, and our friends made it possible over at PS Underground. They have this amazing setup. They have a, a beautiful patio that's guarded from the wind. Uh, they have tables set up out there, and then they have this plate glass that runs the entire length of the patio and so it's a behind the glass kind of thing so i'm going to do my full george michael show with uh, backup singers and all the production will be it'll be a desert rose production at their venue they were nice enough to let us have it so uh tickets went on sale today and it it's uh happening on the 23rd and i'm, I'm looking forward to it excellent and now have, were you always a big george michael uh, fan Oh, my gosh, yes. Ever, ever since I was a kid, you know, all of his music was so inspiring to me. And there's a lot about George Michael that people don't know about his private life, about how he wrote his music, where he wrote his music, and why he wrote his music, you know. And so this kind of covers his life and career. And, 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 you know, on top of that, you get a full gourmet meal. And it's free-flowing beer, wine, and well cocktails. And it's a table that seats up to four people. So, you know, you can't go wrong. That's great. Sounds like a great. Yeah, I, yeah. Always, I l- always really loved his music. It's so sad that we lost him young. But, yeah, I thought he had some great, some really great tunes. And Absolutely. Also, and also yeah. he was an advocate yeah. for the HIV and AIDS crisis. He early was, on. yeah, Early he? on. Yeah, and he also, and the fact that he just, uh, just coming out as gay in 1998 was a really it was powerful one, of, one of the yeah. It was a little more. It was a little more um, uh, tougher to do then. I think than now. Oh, uh, absolutely! It could ruin a career back then easily. Yeah. 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 So tell us and what I have a lot of stories with that. As far as you know, who he was and and what he went through. You know, when they did their uh, China tour, uh, there was a lot that went on with that. They were the first ones to really do anything like that, and it was very overwhelming for him. He, you know, mm-hmm. he almost quit yeah. singing altogether. Yeah. So you've got so much going. First of all, I finally got a chance to see, have a quick tour of the new new space yes. yesterday at uh, uh, at the uh, at the old Zelda's locations, and so and used yes. to be Heaven. I went to some shows there back when it was Heaven, which was God, I don't know, fifteen, whenever that year, years ago. But it's a, it's yeah. a wonderful building and 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 venue for, for theater to do the kind of stuff you guys do. I think it's so exciting. Yeah, we dream. We had dreams of, of being here for years. And, you know, when the place was shut down, it, we just never could get any kind of leverage on how do we get in? How do who do we talk to? And, you know, when COVID hit, we realized in our small space over in Rancho Mirage that we were ne- we weren't going to be able to get back in there anytime soon. So we had to give up the space and we were moving into a, a storage facility and literally like 
four days before we were supposed to be moving everything, uh, Matthew had seen a uh, four lease sign for the first time in a year and a half wow. in the window at Zelda's. Mm-hmm. And when we called, you know, they were very open to it as far as having a theater here. And it turned out to be this beautiful light in the middle of all of this darkness. Mm-hmm. And now we're just trying to hold out until yeah. we can open these doors and show everybody what we've been working on for the last year. Yeah. Now tell me about your, now I know you have a season, actual theater season planned, but uh, now the first show was scheduled March 25th. Now are you going to be able to do that? No, we will not be able to do the first show. That has actually been moved. Uh, I had to work. We're getting ready to make all of these weird announcements of everything, you know, because you got to you just got to play it by ear when you're doing something like this. You can plan for the future, but life's going to tell you what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, our our March 25th show was the Rocky Horror Show, Mm -hmm. and that is going to be moved to August. Okay. So I've worked it out with the publishers to change the dates and everything, and everybody's being really understanding, you know, because we just can't open. Yeah. So we are still shooting for Mid-Century Moderns at the very last of April in the first two weeks of May. Okay. And, and we're hopefully that's going to work out to where we can at least have a socially distanced uh, audience in here because we've got 7,000 square feet now. It's a big space. Yeah. Yeah. So we can we can get a decent audience in here. And so after Mid-Century Moderns, we think by the Miss Firecracker contest in June uh, that we should be getting back on track. Okay. Super. So we have tickets open for anything after June or from uh, the, the Miss Firecracker contest. Then we're doing the Great American Trailer Park Musical in July. Then Xanadu in September. Hedwig and the Angry Inch in November. And our yearly show, Christmas with the Crawfords, in December. Which is fabulous. And all of those tickets are on sale now on our website. Which is www.desertroseplayhouse.org. So check exactly. that out. Now tell us about yeah. uh, the um, uh, That's Drag, the Tommy Rose thing. That's Drag. Tell us Tommy about that. Tommy Rose was, was so gracious, or so uh, giving and, and for, with us to say, hey, let me do something so that you guys, you know, I know you can't do a lot and you're filming right now. So he got together this amazing cast of female impersonators mm-hmm. and they came in and we filmed them all separately to stay socially distanced. And we just put it all together. Tommy hosted. It's now available on Vimeo along with my own cabaret show, uh, A Road Less Traveled. Those are on sale for rent on Vimeo right now. Um, if you go to Vimeo.com forward slash, it's either that's drag or forward slash a road less traveled, and it'll take you straight to it. And then, so how does that work? So then you you can have it for twenty. Tell us how it works when money wise and all that. Whenever, yeah, whenever whenever you want to watch, uh, you can get a group of people or your friends, your family, or you know people that are in your social bubble, and um, you get a twenty four hour view uh, for fifteen dollars. You know. And all of those proceeds go to help us continue getting this place together so that we can open and, and, and have this fabulous facility for everyone once we open. Yeah, that's, and that's great. And, it's, you know, these, you're right. These days you have to be, whether you're a theater or a performer or whatever you are, you got to be creative and, and innovative oh, yeah. on, on coming up with ideas to how to stay afloat but still stay safe within all the, the rules. Absolutely. That are yeah, yeah. I, I, I did the first cabaret show because it's just so much easier when you're not having to deal with other people during the social distancing stuff. So mm-hmm. I've been having to try to create content and be creative about it. So I wrote a cabaret show called A Road Less Traveled, and it talks about my childhood and, and uh, a lot about my relationship with my mother. And a lot of people actually related to it, and I use songs to show to express my feelings and, and what I was going through at the time and uh, you know then the coming out part and all of that so it's 
it's it's more of an intimate show than I've ever done, and uh, a lot of people have been very receptive to the fact that you know I kind of opened up and just showed showed the bare bone, you know, uh-huh. it, it, it took it took it you know all the way in, and, and it was just a a lot, but. Um, Everyone seemed to enjoy it. It's still up uh, for for rent. Same same deal. Fifteen dollars, twenty four hours, and it's at the Desert Rose Playhouse uh, site on Vimeo. And now, how how tough was that? Because it sounded like you really did kind of bare your soul on that. <laughs> I did, I did, and you know, I I literally cried uh, at certain parts in between because there's happy stuff, and then there's stuff that just I needed to get out and being. Uh, distance during covid for all of this time i really did a lot of soul searching and i I made a lot of peace with myself and and um with the relationship with my mother and it was just my way of finally expelling all of that Mm -hmm. so there's really happy times and then there's there's times to where i barely made it through the song yeah so so it sounds very that's that's unlike me a lot because I, i usually try to keep that you know professionalism and all of that in my in my shows but this was just much more of an intimate uh type thing it sounds very cathartic so you did it was a kind of a re- relief and a release after you did it i i slept really well that yeah. night yeah good yeah so t- tell us about how i mean i just my tour was really quick yesterday how close are you to having because that was a big job to come in there and tailor that space to what you needed uh-huh. Yes, we have worked every single day practically. I mean, we get a day here and there every few weeks, but uh, Matthew and I have worked along with Duke and and Christopher and and Phil and all of our guys, and and just there was like a a group of six of us, and we had to tear this entire place apart, rewire, new fire system, um, tearing out bars and and all of this stuff, and it's just – it was a lot, and, and many times we thought, you're crazy, what are you doing? And then you wake up the next day, and you're just so excited to get started on it again. Yeah. So we're almost there. All Our stage and all of our technical stuff is up. The sound system is installed. Uh, we still have a lot in the actual uh, house, you know, because we're, we're building stuff, and, and all of that's out. But it's mainly, it's it, we're to the point now to where it's cleaning up, and um, finishing some painting and yeah. a few lighting things here and there, the bathrooms we're redoing, and and we're ready to go. And how many how many people? I know, you know once everything's you know safe again, how many can you seat in there? Well, we actually are waiting for our certificate of occupancy mm-hmm. for our final uh, you know fire inspection and all mm-hmm. of that, which is coming. But right now, um, you know, we're we're hoping because uh, the old nightclub had 700 people wow but that's a nightclub there's plenty of egress plenty of room uh, plenty plenty of exits so i am at least got my fingers crossed for at least 250 okay that sounds great yeah that sounds yeah. fabulous which i think is very doable and from people that i've talked to considering all of the exits and and the new fire system and, and everything they don't think that's that's out of the question at all yeah well i just want to say that uh desert if you've never seen anything that desert rose playhouse has put on you're missing out they do you guys do some and i know because i've been to a lot of them because i write reviews from stuff um you guys put on some really high quality stuff and if you and okay. anybody that's listening if you like theater if you like desert rose playhouse if you like robbie wayne and who doesn't um it's seriously think about buying some tickets for the upcoming season or going on vimeo and checking out that's uh, that's drag or road less traveled or even making a donation because this these folks do such great work and this is such a wonderful space and we want to keep it going yeah. 
We really, really, yeah, really want to keep it going. We just got to hold out. If we can just hold out until this uh, uh, ban is lifted on, on indoor theater, then and then we're fine. We're going to yeah. be great. And the way people can help is to go ahead and buy your tickets for the end of the year. We have the tickets on sale right now. Go ahead and buy the tickets so that we can have some cash flow to continue what we're doing. Because, like I say, once we get once we get through this, it's going to be fine. Because I have a lot of faith in this building, and I've I've, I've dedicated my my life to it. Mm-hmm. How many seats did you have in the old space? Space it was much smaller. We had about seventy five to eighty on a good day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is a and, and eight foot ceilings. So yeah. this is a whole new experience. If you haven't seen, you can even go to our Vimeo page and see a couple of the teasers of the shows that we have. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like anything I have seen uh, in 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 a in a long time. There, we have a lot of good things going on, and a lot of the stuff we inherited from the old facility that was here, um, that was still here. Yeah. So we just incorporated it into what we were doing. Well, Robbie Wayne, congratulations again on the new space. I know you're going to be fine. I got my fingers crossed. Buy some tickets. Go to Vimeo. Support this theater because you guys do great stuff. And break a leg on the George Michael show. That sounds like a, a fabulous night of entertainment. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to give you a big hug as Uh, soon as I can. Me too. All right, Robbie Wayne, thank you so much for being here. Don't work too hard. All right, we're going to take a quick break on the Culture Corner. We'll be right back. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. Oh, believe it or not, and I wrote this in the bio- in the summary of the se- of our episode today, the most controversial movie of the year is a sequel to Space Jam. Space Who Jam. Who would have thought? <laughs> I laugh if it wasn't so. If it so wasn't true. So tell us what the story is here. What's the skinny here? So. Sp- Space Jam 2, and I've shown you the picture of Lola Bunny. So for those of you who don't know, Space Jam was a 1995 movie in which Michael Jordan teams up with the Looney Tunes to defeat a group of basketball-playing aliens, and it's as ridiculous as you think it might sound. So if Mm -hmm. you haven't seen it, I think it's one of those movies where there's a generational gap in enjoyment. Mm -hmm. If you are not 20-something when you grew up with it, you may not enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yeah. If you had, I when I watched it, I watched it as a kid. So mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. you know what, this is actually pretty fun. But looking back at it, Chuck Jones said a really, really intelligent thing. Chuck Jones is the director of some of these Looney Tunes cartoons. He said, if the Looney Tunes can't defeat basketball playing villains in an hour and a half, how come they were able to defeat my um, big bad monsters and gods? in eight minutes and he critiqued it and space jam has gotten a lot of previously has never been space jam's worst controversy was the product placement but even then people laughed at it you know Mm -hmm. it was it's it's a ridiculous little movie so space jam 2 now a lot of people in 
a lot of people are not liking some of the changes that are being made. First with Lola Bunny. Now Lola Bunny herself has been redesigned to be a little less sexual and her outfit looks like an actual basketball, basketball outfit, outfit right. you know. And it's not like there's she's not showing her stomach and her breasts are not featured prominently and her outfit's just a basketball More outfit. More like sports oriented, Sport. yeah. Yeah. And a lot of fans are saying that it's cancel culture and that they really should have her be sexy again and it's like this weird thing where it's like i don't really care if this character i was gonna ask you what you thought you don't really care either way i don't really care because to be honest with you like i i don't like i don't mind if lola bunny lola bunny is a fictional character Mm -hmm. she can't speak for herself if she if the care if the director says you know what i'm gonna tone it down a little bit with the sexual it's his prerogative yeah and make her actually look like she's playing basketball because to be honest her original costume it's like it's impractical for basketball yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and so now like her wearing her costume now it's like well, you know what? It's great. It yeah. is what it is. And I feel like a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion. proportion. And I and I feel like, again, I think they're also misunderstanding like the other thing, which is Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, let's talk about that. Pepe Le Pew will no longer appear in any more Warner Brothers productions. And it wasn't because of the article that came out, which talked about how Pepe Le Pew perpetuates rape culture and that him... Her, and that a lot of the joke relies on us justifying like so he was just too, too uh, aggressive with women and kissing them when they didn't want him to yeah. et cetera, et cetera. basically yeah. like that was the the article about but at this point I think Warner Bros just honestly made a decision to not have a character that wasn't making money anymore and probably had too much controversy a, a little like the Dr. Seuss situation it's like if it's causing controversy and it's not making you money what's the what's the choice might as well just get rid of it and know? And Pepe Le Pew, like, his character was only going to appear in one scene in Space Jam 2. So so who cares, really? So, yeah. And he was cut out before. Like, the first cut, they had it. And right before they get to the first cut, they cut it out. That, mm-hmm. And it wasn't even having to do with the larger issue. And so Pepe Le Pew being out has gotten some people mad because they said, Pepe Le Pew is funny. And I'm going to be honest, like... I did laugh at Pepe Le Pew a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I thought, because as a kid, it's like, oh, that's funny. But I always laughed in the sense that he would lose. Mm-hmm. But not everyone read it that way. Some people yeah. thought that Pepe Le Pew's relationship with the cat was consensual, which it, the joke is that it's not. But mm-hmm. that's a discussion, and that's not, you know, mm-hmm. that gets into some territory we shouldn't talk about too much. Yeah. But the actress from Jane the Virgin, Gracie Santo, they had a scene together where she would pour a drink on him after he tried to kiss her without her Mm -hmm. consent. And she would slap him and basically spin him on the chair and hurt him. She wants the footage. Mm -hmm. She wants the footage because she said that that scene was very empowering for her because Mm -hmm. she said, imagine Pepe Le Pew harassing you and you get to be the one to slap him. Yes. And she, I can see that point. She, yeah. she said it was empowering to her because it was a moment where the sh- the Looney Tunes characters were finally told enough you of this. You can defend <laughs> yourself and protect yourself. Yeah. And yeah. and the, and the thing would be that Pepe Le Pew's cartoons, like I personally feel like they don't last beyond they don't they're they don't have durability beyond mm-hmm. eight minutes. Like mm-hmm. they were going to make a Pepe Le Pew movie, but it turns out that there wasn't enough interest <laughs> <laughs> about Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. And it seems that taking him out seems to be the only thing generating interest yeah. because I I have never seen anyone bring up Pepe Le Pew as an exceptional character. Mm-hmm. And I was going to bring these two toys that mm-hmm. I have. One that is a Bugs Bunny toy that's regularly sold because Bugs Bunny makes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and a Pepe Le Pew limited edition because you have to make it limited edition for because people to buy it. To want it, to make it seem special. Because yeah. to prove the point that Pepe Le Pew just isn't it it's not the battle worth fighting for you know like at this point but yeah. warner brothers doesn't want to have that money and they don't they're not going to get money with pepe Le Pew, sadly mm-hmm. so i would say it's kind of sad that a movie called space jam 2 is so bye bye pepe you know it was nice but i guess it's over it's okay. over all right we're gonna come back <laughs> with more of the culture corner when we talk to cheryl um, where is it? Oh, I lost Cheryl my... Cheryl Scarlet? Cheryl Scarlet, yes, <laughs> from uh, Jewish Family Services. Big event coming up in just a bit. listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we're back on The Culture Corner and we're really happy to welcome to the show right now Cheryl Scarlett, who is the director of Major Gifts and Fundraising for JFS, Jewish Family Service of the Desert. Hi Cheryl, how are you? I am fine. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for being with us. So there's a you got a big event coming up. This sounds like so much fun. April 5th, 6th, or 7th, The Clergy Boys, yes. a musical yes. journey back in time at the drive-in. So tell us a little bit about this event. Well, we at Jewish Family Service of the Desert is we like to have events, things that are different, and that gives us opportunities to have our, our donors meet each other and to thank our, our donors for um, supporting us for the work that we do. And, of course, with COVID, it was pretty difficult to try to come up with something that will keep everybody safe and be a little bit different and also engage the people that just still are not ready to go out of the house. So we came up with the idea of going to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. So uh, just a nostalgic back in time. And we contacted the Palm Springs Cultural Center, and we are working with them. And they, they're a small space, so it's going to be intimate evenings. Each, each, each night holds about 45 cars. Okay. So if you want to attend, space is limited, and you could get your tickets online at uh, jfsdesert.org. That's probably the best way. And there's contact information. If there's any questions, then you can call me at 760-325-4088, and I'm at extension 107. So, uh, if, And then um, you can also stream the event to your house. So for $90, you can invite some friends to your house and have a party. But the idea is that we wanted to come up with a, a fun show. And this is a group of four, it's called the Clergy Boys. So it's four cantors. And for those of you that don't know, cantors are the people that sing during services at, at the synagogue. So they mm-hmm. sing prayers, but, you know, in their free time, you know, they like to rock it like, you know, any other <laughs> singer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they got together, and these are renowned cantors, you know, some are more famous than others, and these are famous ones. And they put together a, a, a show, and the show is 
called The Clergy Boys, and it and it it's it's songs from the 60s and 70s, like those boys from Jersey. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of really foot stomping songs. There are some um, uh, cantorial pieces for people that like that sort of music, mm-hmm. and um, and just you know regular rock and roll. It's and it's and it's a humorous show. So what they've done is they've kind of set the the show to um, like the Bible and I'm not going to sing cause I'm, I would actually, but I don't want everyone will turn off the radio station right away, <laughs> but <laughs> they kind of say like, you know, uh, they have a narrator and she says, you know, my, my boyfriend coming back, meaning God. And mm-hmm. then they sing that song, you know, my boyfriend's back. And yeah. So, okay. You know, so, so they kind of tie it in. Yeah. And it's cute. Now, um, so, so question okay. for you. So is this, so is the show itself, filmed and on the screen or are they standing on a stage up in front of like the, the screen no it's a movie okay. it's a movie okay so it's literally like going to the movies and along with your admission you you know if you've not been to the drive-in at the palm Springs cultural center they do have a concession stand okay they so we have you know with your admission price everyone in the car will get popcorn or candy or soda mm-hmm. they get uh, free vouchers you know for some food and um, so that, that'll be fun. And you can get there early if you want. We're opening up the gates early. So if you want to bring food in from a restaurant, you know, you can just sit in your car and eat or, mm-hmm. you know, tailgate by the side of your car. Um, the weather should be great in April. Yeah. And yeah, so that'll be good. What a great idea. Now, uh, now is this the first time... Um, uh, well, now the Palm Springs Cultural Center—they've—they've they've had a couple of drive-in events already, have they? Have they not? I'm not sure if I'm right on that. They have—they've been—they've been doing drive-ins through all through COVID. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. And so this this clergy boys this this film is this something that it, the film itself is brand new? And how did you guys f- find these this this find these guys find well, this film? Well. Um, so, uh, you know, every we have so many part-time residents here that live all over the country. Mm-hmm. And one of our board members came to us last year and she said, you know, these guys are so great. She was from Chicago mm-hmm. and um, she said they are so good and we should bring them here. And, you know, they come and they have this whole orchestra and they bring this whole show. And we thought, well, that that would be great. You know, we'll you know, we'll think about bringing them here. And um, and then COVID happened, and another one of our board members had actually knows of knew of them as well. Mm-hmm. So he said, "Well, let's get them to do a movie. They, you know, they have a movie that they've done where they've uh, they've taped themselves in the past. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we, you know, we we rented the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> for the for the couple of days. So that's how we came across the movie." That's great. And what a great idea. And now this event, you're, one of the things it's doing is you're honoring Elaine and Jerry Morgan with the JFS Humanitarian Awards. So tell us a little bit about uh, this couple. Well, the Morgans are you know, huge philanthropists out here in the Coachella Valley. And um, Jerry's background is in furniture and uh, coincidentally also from Chicago. And um, just he's involved in golf and he was a past JFS board member and him and his wife have been married. God, I want to say something like 68 years. I mean, they're, wow. they're um, it's an unbelievable amount of time. I may have gotten that, that figure, 48 years. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been married 48 years. And um, so we we wanted to honor them because they have done so much to support Jewish family service. And 
And one of the things that, and one of the reasons why Jerry has supported us for so long and with, um, and so loyal is that we are kind of a small organization. You know, we're a small organization out here in the Coachella Valley that does a very, very big job and we do our job very well. So I wouldn't be, you know, I have to talk about, of course, what we do. You know, we, we believe in counseling. We offer counseling for, for everyone. If you don't can't afford it, then we have grants. And we are doing telehealth right now because, you know, we can't be in the office. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot in homelessness prevention. And what that does is we have an emphasis to keep people in their homes. Once you lose your home, it's, it's very difficult to find a place to get back. Yeah. So what we do is we work with landlords, we work with um, clients, and we figure out what we can do to either help them manage their money, uh, you know, if we need to give them some money, then, and that's what, you know, the donations go to. So we stop people from, you know, losing their homes. And then we also help people explore resources. Mm-hmm. So if somebody calls and they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, it was, you know, in this period of COVID, like I've got two kids and I lost my job and yeah. my husband's still working and what can we do? So we are very connected. Our case managers are phenomenal and they're very connected with all the resources, certainly in our state. And, you know, they might suggest, you know, have you applied for unemployment? You know, are your kids on, are you getting food stamps? You may qualify right now. Maybe you didn't before, but you know, you might need this. So we help people to, to get, to get to where they need to be so then they can feel good about getting back to work and doing what they're doing. Yeah. And we also, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Finish up, finish up. Sure. Oh, no, I was going to say, and then we also do a lot with our local seniors. There's a lot of seniors that they're either, that certainly everybody's isolated now, but even before and from then on, you know, either because they have mobility issues or they're alone. So we have a lot of programs to help those seniors to, you know, we're, you know, make them feel part of something. And they and we're and they're part of us. They're part of the JFS family. So um, we, we do well check during COVID. We do well check phone calls. We deliver them lunches. Um, just last week, we partnered with Fine Food Bank, another amazing organization out here, and delivered 160 boxes to our um, isolated seniors throughout the Coachella Valley. So that was just so wonderful. And then it gives people an opportunity to volunteer their time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just feels good. You know, we all need to. Yes, yes. Well, and that's so great because, you know, people people have been, con- yes, isolated, lonely, and confused and not always knowing mm-hmm. wh- where to turn and where resources are So during this, this horrible virus. And what a great service. I mean, it's even more important yeah. now in this past year, I think, than it has uh, been well, before. It, you know, it, we really, we've, you know, we've seen a real... Um, a lot of people have put, we've gotten a lot of donations and we need them. And I think it's really helped to put us on the map and, you know, and we're very, very responsible with how we allocate our money. Mm-hmm. We make sure that the money is going to the resources, you know, we'll write the check to the electric company. We'll write the check to the landlord, you know, so it takes the burden off the clients. And so this is what Jerry and Elaine understood about our organization that we're very fiscally responsible. We, you know, we vet all of our, our clients and that we're we're small but we're mighty we're not super small i mean we're we're pretty good size and getting bigger all the time but um so so this is our way of thanking jerry for helping us so much so we're we're very happy to be doing that 
Yeah, it's, and I, I just have to ask you this question: How to? Um, uh, I was looking at the about Jewish Family Service, founded on the Jewish principle mm-hmm. of healing the world. Is it Tikkun Olam? Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam. Tikkun Olam. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah. I hadn't heard that before. I hadn't heard that phrase before. I love that. Tikkun Olam, yes. healing the world. And gosh, God knows we need more of that. Uh, okay, so I just want to re- recap here. So this is called It's a mu- Musical Journey Back in Time at the Drive-In, starring the Clergy Boys, April 5th, mm-hmm. 6th, or 7th, honoring mm-hmm. Elaine and Jerry Morgan with the JFS Humanitarian Award. You can get your tickets to go online to uh, JFS Desert, JF as in Frank S. Desert.org, or or they can call you, yes, 760-325-4088, extension 107. I mean, this just sounds like such fun. And you get there early and there are concessions or you can bring in your own food. So uh, gates open at 630. So it's a two-hour mm-hmm. two-hour program. Program starts yes. at 730. Um, what a great idea. I mean, what this is, yes. sounds like such fun. And so now is we this, think so. are, do you have other things like this probably planned a little bit down the road for, further later on in the year? Well, you know, we are hoping that we'll be able to get together and gather in December. In mm-hmm. December, we normally have our, our patron party, and that's where people make donations to JFS, and we have a kind of a uh, an event. It's the sort of the first of the year. You know, we've just we've been doing this. That this will be our oh my God, our nineteenth patron party. Wow! So um, I know. So we are hoping to have that live in in December, and um, you know, but if not this last year, which I'm sure we'll be able to be live, but you never know. Last year we had our patron party virtually, mm-hmm. and we delivered gift baskets to all of our patrons. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, I think- you know, in addition. Go ahead. I think I think we talked about that. I think I might have you on. I remember that. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. And well, in addition to that, we're just doing a lot to help all of the, we have we have some other programs going on just to help families specifically during this time, like you said, Bonnie, that are affected with COVID. Yeah. I mean, we know even though people are getting back to work, thank God, back here in the desert, that the you know the backlash of not working and losing a whole season out here so you know they're going to need help through the summer i think things aren't really going to return to normal until after that so we really want to be able to help these families feel good about themselves and yeah. and help them to recover. Well, thank you so much. Cheryl Scarlett, Director of Major Gifts and Fundraising, JFS of, of the Desert. Such great work you guys do, and this sounds like such thank fun. Thank you. The Clergy Boys, April 5th, 6th, or 7th, jfsdesert.org, or 760-325-4088, extension 107. Thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, and have a good weekend. Okay, you too. All right. We'll be All back. Right. All right. Bye-bye. Back. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza, talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Welcome back to The Culture Corner. We're going to talk about a very interesting study that came out from McKenzie and Company, a management consulting company. They do these things where they talk about representation of black people in the media. And it actually turns out that despite 
the problematicness of undervaluing black-led projects, Hollywood, according to a study that they did, actually loses $10 billion a year by not by underfunding and under undervaluing black-led projects and they did this by looking at 10,000 uh 2,000 my bad 2,000 films as well of as well as interviewing writers uh actors directors and producers and they found that and they also and they partnered with black like collective a coalition of black artists and executives in the business they have found that black-led projects receive significantly less funding than projects with with their white counterparts but the evidence shows that projects that are led by black people tend to when they're given a chance outperform in other in so many ways mm -hmm. like th if they go to streaming they tend to do way better than projects led by white individuals but when they're underfounded at the box office, they tend to not make a lot of money. So it proves that movies like Black Panther, for example, mm -hmm. showed that if you put the money with the community... And promote it properly, yeah. They'll be able to make the money back and more. Mm -hmm. Black Panther actually proved that black-led superhero movies can make a billion dollars... huge, yeah. ...instantly, yeah. right? And I think for me, another example would be the same year, the same weekend, there was a movie called A Wrinkle in Time that Disney didn't advertise enough for, and I saw it crash and burn, mm -hmm. where they put in all their money in Black Panther, they forgot to invest the same amount of time in A Wrinkle in Time. Mm -hmm. So they also figured out that less than 6% of writers, directors, and producers in Hollywood films are black. Again, this is about Hollywood, not independent film. Yeah. And they also figured out that rising black actors receive fewer opportunities where they land only six uh, on average, they land a, a, a six starring roles compared to white colleagues who obtain nine. Mm -hmm. So they are at a disadvantage. And there's also a thing called the black tax, which is a way in which black talent has to pay out of pocket themselves in order to fund their projects and to get them into theaters and to get them distributed because they can't because according to them they just can't rely on their art. They have to find money in order to sell it to like a studio. And and so there's this conversation about having to what if Hollywood was more willing to give money mm -hmm. and support to black artists? And it actually shows that it's not just about doing it's not the right. It's not just the right thing to do. It's the financially smart thing to do. Right. And so I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, too, because for me, it's like the writings on the wall for a while now who was it that did this study mckenzie and company and who are they they from my understanding they're just a they are a management consulting it's a neutral company. consulting that just decided to do this yeah. study okay yeah and they also um just uh, just to be clear they also worked with black light collective it's a coalition of black artists where they try to work together to try to get more representation and try really hard to like okay so my next two, two questions would be number one do you think there is going to be any, just to play devil's advocate for a moment, any backlash where people are saying, going to say, well, that's not really true, that's not really accurate? And then secondly, do you think anything's going to change? Is this going to cause any change? You know, those are good questions. I would say that the backlash, I would say, when it comes to studies like this, I always hear about them every year. And the sad thing is that maybe if you, hopefully somebody will say something. I'm hoping that there is someone famous enough to say something about it because then then this study gets publicized right mm -hmm. and more people actually talk about it so i'm not sure about the backlash i'm hoping there's at least a 
a conversation. A conversation. About it, yeah. yeah, that's the important thing. And the second thing is, and and your question was, is anything going to change? I'm hoping. I'm hoping because yeah. if Hollywood sees us and says, "Wow," if they're losing money, if they see they're losing money, that's their pretty much top priority. You it have, seems they have nothing to lose by funding yeah. a black project because the fact is that Hollywood is struggling right now with the pandemic. They are not getting movies and movie theaters the way they mm-hmm. would normally. The billions of dollars that the Disney company, for example, would make a year, they didn't make them last year. So it just shows that, hey, maybe investing in black projects in the future will actually gain you a lot of respect and money smart business sense in addition to being the right thing to do yeah and also the fact is that the golden globes too was also part of this article on deadline where they said that that they didn't that hbo did not put enough effort to give a awards campaign to i may destroy you which is a black-led project about a woman who suffered sexual assault and the ramifications of what happened Mm -hmm. and and it was a really good series on HBO Max. And it turns out that because it wasn't well advertised and because it got canceled and because, well, they didn't have the money for they didn't throw in money that this critically acclaimed show, unfortunately, didn't get any awards mm-hmm. nominations, even though at the lesser awards, it got plenty at mm-hmm. the broadcaster broadcasting awards mm-hmm. it won a lot yeah whereas at the golden globes it didn't because that phenomenate. you really got a campaign for something like that yeah and it's it, it's it just shows that if you invest in black creators that will and it's it's going to sound bad saying this but you will benefit from it too mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things where i believe that if a system wants to benefit the the system itself will always crumble if it doesn't invest mm-hmm. in everybody Mm -hmm. and doesn't invest in like talented black or brown artists diversify yeah 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 and for me like when i see i've always noticed that a lot of my friends like you know they when it comes to black projects even somehow they feel way more passionate and loving towards those projects because a lot of times black creators will always have something interesting to say because they have Mm -hmm. different experiences so Mm -hmm. for me when i see something like i may destroy you it's a little different than un unbelievable which is a netflix series about a white woman that Mm -hmm. i'm only bringing up the race because it's a a similar it's about this woman who deals with sexual assault and and that situation and for some reason i may destroy you just it's a little different and it and the aspect about race leads to a new discussion that you never never occurs to you was there any any well-known people in it in either one of those um from my from what i remember there are, but I can't remember okay. who's in each one. Well, I, you know, Hollywood is, as we talked about, of course, it's all, it's totally money driven. You know, how much money is this movie going to make? You know, totally money. And they're also, Hollywood's a bit slow, we've seen over the years, a bit slow to evolve and to incorporate changing society really into mainstream movies they release they want to take it they want to be sure they want a safe bet well is this going to make money and they're unless it's an independent film that's a whole different thing then people do take chances and try something new and sometimes when they have an independent movie with a black artist they try to make sure to like get the good reviews out of the way and see like can we win an oscar with this at least yeah and it's not so much they they don't they don't support it at first in fact they wait until like let's wait and see yeah. wait and see when in reality it turns out if you support it at first you 
yeah. paying more. Yeah. So Hollywood, you know, get on the ball. Come on, Hollywood, wake up. Get on, on the ball because that $10 billion can be yours pretty easily. Yeah, be yours today. Listen to us, Bonnie and Brian. All right, <laughs> you've been listening to The Culture Corner. We will see you next week. Stay safe. <laughs>